Welcome to a new installment of our interview series. I am Joe. I'm here with Mike. And tonight's special guest is Uncle Vaz. Vaz, how you doing, man? Good to have you. Hey, everything's great, man. Good to be here. Good. Yeah. Uh, uh, first of all, let me just set the record straight here. This is the first guy I've ever known that actually, uh, actually got laid off of Reddit or anything that he posted. <laughs> Any kind of knowledge that he shared. Uh, so that alone sets you in a very, very um, exclusive group of people. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I know. I was, somebody said that once in, on Ask TRP in an answer, and they're like, well, nobody gets laid off of Reddit. I'm like, well, actually. <laughs> this, this one time, yeah. Yeah, total happenstance, of course. But. So uh, what brought you to the community in the first place? How did you arrive at taking the red pill? Yeah, so – yeah, there's a, well, all right. <laughs> this is something you can fix in post. Um, in terms of arriving at the community itself, I don't specifically remember how I got there. Um, back in the early 2000s, when there were really just blogs, right? So I would read, uh, you know, 20 years ago, I was reading Phil the Lawyer, um, you know, Tucker Max back then. Yeah. Whatever Roosh had, Return of Kings, Hartis later on, Dal Rock when there was a Dal Rock, Judgy Bitch when there was a Judgy, judgy Bitch, uh, and things like that. And then eventually, somehow, that I, you know, I found the red pill because somebody mentioned it in the comments somewhere, and I went, oh, or put a link up, and I went, oh, I better go check this out. And that's how I got there, and I'm like, ah, my people. So, so that's how I got there, and then, you know, now I just listen to some YouTubers like Sandman, Better Bachelor, Coach Greg Adams are my favorites. Um, Terrence Pop, I always recommend him for guys who are in the military, thinking about going to the military. Oh, yeah. Um, who else? Sidney Mingtao, uh, James Von Maxwell, who I think is kind of a Sandman acolyte. Think Before You Sleep, uh, strong, successful male sometimes. There's just, you know, there isn't a ton of new content, so I, you know, I tend to listen to whoever pops up in my Uncle Vaz feed. Nice. I'm kind of surprised that you have a lot of uh, MGTOW content in there. I wouldn't have thought uh, that'd be your cup of tea. Well, it's who produces MGTOW and uh, I mean, excuse me, who produces content. Mm -hmm. So also like since I'm, um, since I am not a believer in marriage, as I tell my gay friends, it's straight marriage that I'm against. Um, you know, there are guys who would say I'm MGTOW because I'm you know, not going to get married ever unless somebody can really make the sale on it. Um, but I don't, you know, I, I mean, it doesn't mean I don't like women. I find them highly ornamental and a tremendous aid in relaxation. Uh, I'm just not going to marry one of them because the courts have been weaponized against us. And it's not that every woman will, you know, turn on you. It's that any woman could. And all she's going to do is point her finger at you and you're going to be handcuffed and dragged away. You know, and that's the way that goes. So that's what. So, yeah, I don't I don't dislike women. Uh, I just, you know, I'm just looking at, yeah, I'm a deal guy and marriage is a shit deal. So, all right. what would be your, well, just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to talk over here a little bit. I'm going to just to continue on that. It's like, and nobody thinks that it's going to happen to them. Right. I mean, cause sometimes you see that in the community. Well, what if you meet the right girl? Do you think any guy walking down the aisle or waiting for his princess at the, his Disney girl at the other end of the aisle, thinks? Oh yeah, I'm totally going to get divorce rape. No, but statistically slightly over half of them do. So I look at it and I stole this from Bill Burr. If I said, Hey, let's go skydiving tomorrow. And don't worry. The parachutes open almost half the time. Would you go? You'd be like, no, get the fuck out of here. I'm not going to go do that. 
And that's what happens to guys who, you know, get married. They get about a 50-50 shot. And of the marriages that succeed, how many of them are mediocre and how many of them are, you know, medium shitty and how many, and some of them are great. My parents had a great marriage, you know, but you look at the risk reward and it's bad. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you'll be interested in this. So divorce rates overall are actually going down. And that's because marriage rates are plummeting right now. That's really what's causing yeah. it. So, but yeah, the actual failure rate is still about 50-50 for first-time mar- marriages. And there's a lot of reasons why. It's like you said, it's, it's the only contract I'm aware of that when the person violates the contract, they get awarded cash and prizes. That doesn't make yeah, any sense. Yeah, like the, the you, and usually the wife, right? I mean, the wife yeah. can freely withdraw everything she brings to the, to the marriage. But the guy is stuck. Like you get to keep, it's like you fire an employee and you have to keep paying them for years later. Mm. You know, like, no, right. you know, so, so there's that. And, and also with divorce statistics, you have to be careful. Um, I'm not saying what you said is wrong, but so for example, um, with somebody telling me, it's like, oh yeah, well, you know, Massachusetts has a relatively low divorce rate. So, you know, all the liberals up there are smarter than the people in the, um, you know, in the South. And there's a couple things going on now, obviously in the South, um, year of first marriage is much lower and kids, you know, I just don't have as much experience with the world and, you know, more likely to divorce. So if that makes sense. But the other thing is, and I think this changed relatively recently, but for a long time, divorce law in Massachusetts was so horrible that people would, you know, the guy who was going to get screwed, he would just put up with it, whatever was going on in the marriage to avoid getting divorced. I mean, there's some really awful stories about people being awarded alimony decades later. And, you know, there's one case, I think this was the case that sort of turned things around a bit. There was one case where divorcing husband, divorcing wife, uh, the husband lost his job. Like he had no source of income. He's married to his second wife. The judge orders the second wife to pay alimony to the first wife. Huh. Think about that for a second. Fascinating. Yeah, she's the, she's never been married to the to the ex-wife, right? That's like, I mean, they could pick somebody. They might as well pick somebody off the street, just about. And say, well, you have to pay all the money to to so and so, right? It just doesn't make any sense. So, I think they reformed it. I don't think it's necessarily better. Uh, I mean, it's less bad, but it's not like it's a good situation. Yeah, so, I'm right there with you. Anyway, yeah. So, so it's yeah. Not yeah, so I, I didn't I mean to go through the ceremony, but I will never sign the dotted line. No, I understand. Yeah. Oh, totally get it. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's a point like, I mean, you get to a certain age and you're like, why would I do this? <laughs> so, why yeah, am I doing this to myself? The why for me is yeah. if you're going to raise a family and have kids. And I think that's that's it. It's as simple as that. That's yeah, and, what marriage is for. Oh, totally. Get, yeah, I totally understand and respect that. But also after 30 or 35, if you're a guy who hasn't taken himself out of the game by self-deleting, as Better Bachelor would say, or winding up in, um, winding up getting free room and board at the Gray Bar Hotel, uh, or you know becoming chemically dependent on stuff to the point where you can't function. Hmm. So uh, you know after 30, 35, like the power flips to the guys. Right. So, you know, I just want to, I'm right there with you. I love it. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I, you're always free to withdraw attention. If a girl, this is why I can have OLTRs because if a girl says, Oh no, no, you have to do this. I'm like, bitch, I don't have to do anything. Yeah. Uh, I got to pay my taxes and someday I got to die and that's it. 
I have this saying um, when people say I need, and then they'll finish the sentence and I'll go, needs a strong word. You don't, you don't need to, I don't need to do X, right? <laughs> I've said, I've said this with, with people before in negotiations, depending on how they're going. Like I had somebody who I felt like I was being set up strongly mm-hmm. because they were introducing some conditions after we'd already executed a contract. Now they had a reason for doing it, but you know, they, they had a story to tell, but I looked at it and went, this is, come on, this is bullshit. And, and it's not so much, it was just the way it was structured and how, I mean, there's complicated legal reasons, but I'm like, you're trying to fuck me. And so they're like, well, I mean, the real reason is this and blah, blah, blah. We're a broker dealer. And I'm like, that sounds like a you problem. That oh, doesn't yeah. sound like a me problem. You know, don't tell me what, you know, I have to do this because you need me to do it. Like, no, yeah. I'm not going to agree to your shitty terms, which I was supposed to do online. Like, so they're like, oh, you have to go on. And it doesn't let you continue until you accept it. So I, you know, I wrote expressly rejected, <laughs> go rotten hell <laughs> or something <laughs> to get, because they basically said like, cause they were stuck and they're like, well, you can reject it. And I'm like, you're goddamn right. I'm going <laughs> to, you know, and that's I will cru- acknowledge that I've received it, but that's it. That's the crux of this thing is like, you, you have the freedom to say, you know what? I don't want that. That doesn't yeah, make sense. Withdraw attention. And with girls, yes. you withdraw attention. Like if somebody wants to impose rules and you don't want to have them imposed, you're like, yeah, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe it's not, maybe you and me weren't meant to be. I'm sorry. Go this ahead. That's why the, uh, having options, spinning plates, this is why it's so integral. Cause most guys, they don't have those options. They take the first thing they can get, even if it's a shitty deal. That's just, so Oh, funny. totally. Hmm. I hate to see that when it happens too. It happens all the time. Boss, do you want to talk about what we're going to put on your tombstone? <laughs> yeah, my tombstone is going to read as a piece of advice for men. If you were maintaining sexual relationships with multiple women, none of this would be a problem. Yep. Love if that. you're letting one woman decide if you're going to fuck or not, then she, you, if you give one woman what I call the ring of power, right? Mm. If you, you let one woman decide if you're going to fuck or not, then you're kind of stuck, right? Whereas if you go, okay, as what, what was it, the, the Sugar Hill Gang, Hotel, Motel, Holiday Inn, if your girl's been acting up, then you take her friend. Yeah. There's some old school rap yeah. <laughs> from like love. 1978 or something. Love that. So yeah. Yeah. Is that how you grew up with Red Pill Knowledge? Through, uh, media yeah, media? so I, I would say... I, well, whatever age I was, I was like, you know, not even a teenager when that came out, I don't think. But um, so a couple things were going on. I wouldn't say I had red pill knowledge as much as I had sort of a general awareness that, you know, things were going on that weren't, you know, some, some things didn't feel right. And you would look at the things and go, well, that's, you know, that's kind of not really all that great. Right. So. And, I, and it, you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't spring forth red pill like uh, Athena from the brain of Zeus or whatever. But I, at one point, my two, the younger of my three sisters who are all elder to me, took me aside, sat me down and went, Vaz, you're our brother and we love you. And they kind of gave me a, an education in female psychology. Now, I, I mean, I don't remember the specifics of the conversation other than there was definitely some version of don't listen to what they say, watch what they do in it. Because, you know, I'm reaching back 40 years for this. And so I would also watch what they did. And so I picked up on stuff where you're like, oh, well, this makes sense. But at the same time, my parents had a very traditional marriage, which I watched, and it worked. I mean, it's, it's kind of an odd combination. My father 
was an introvert and my mother was an extrovert. And usually when the woman is extroverted and the man isn't, it's disaster. But she was also super committed to the marriage. Um, so they had like crazy storybook love and it worked out. But um, at the same time, like what that did to me was I went, oh, like I'm going to be great at this. <laughs> you know. And I went out to the world and spoiler alert, I was not great at it. Uh, I turned out to be what uh, women wanted when they were in the epiphany phase, not when they were like, you know, wanted to, to do a outlaw biker or escape mental patient or something. So, but, you know, I had the tools to go back to the lab and go, okay, well, that's not working. So what should work instead, right? Like what, and I went, you know, and that's when I started to kind of piece it together. So maybe 19 or 20, I was more fully mobilized. It, it took me a while to, you know, work it out, but eventually I did. Gotcha. I mean, these kids who show up at the pill who are like in high school, man, I mean, ugh, they're going to be miles ahead of everyone else. Oh, totally. And then you see guys, it was just, you saw this. I said, God, I felt so bad for this kid. Um, there was one guy who posted probably in the last couple months. And he basically wrote like, you know, I don't, I don't need to have a thousand girls. I just want one. Oh, and of course, everyone sees themselves in that kid. Mm-hmm. And they're all like trying to explain it to him. And I'm like, I cannot answer this question mm-hmm. because he's going to get fucking destroyed. Yep. Because what he's going to do is he's going to try to keep her happy. And like the first woman who, um, you know, has sex with him is going to be the magic, the, mm-hmm. you know, Glinda, the good witch and giver of pussy. He's going to wind up totally simping and baiting out and he's going to get his fucking heart ripped out, you know? Yep. So I was watching this going, there's, there's, this is how that's going to happen. And there's nothing I can do to stop it. Right. You can only wait and hope that he comes back. Like after that happens and, learns from his mistakes, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys who turn up and, you know, we just sort of, you know, they're face down on the beach and we pick them up and dust them off and go, welcome to our island. Mm-hmm. So, 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 I, yeah. want to, so I, I want to touch on something so that you and I have talked about, which is you mm-hmm. described yourself as a hunter. Um, how, how have you kind of, you know, you've talked about, I'm going to go back to the lab, this works, that doesn't. How has your perspective changed over the years and how do you view yourself now as moving through life? Yeah. So I guess a hunter is one analogy that I use to describe what I do, but mm-hmm. I also say fish with a pole and not, uh, no, excuse me, fish with a net, not with a pole. Mm-hmm. Right. So you think about like, I, I, when I say I'm a hunter, I know what my prey is, right. I'm looking for that tall feminine girl, you know, if there's like, if I'm out and there's a bachelorette party and there's a, there's one girl who fits the description and she's kind of at the edge of the action, her arms are folded and she looks uncomfortable with her friends drinking and getting wasted and she doesn't have any wedding bling on or bachelorette bling. That's my girl because she's tall, she's feminine, she's introverted. And those are the signs, right? So just like if you're hunting bear or you're hunting deer, you know, you look for the tracks and you look where you know the deer are going to be and that's how you go about it. So like, I don't waste time gaming girls who are never going to fuck me. Mm-hmm. Right. So there, you know, it's like I say, um, in terms of young women, there are three groups. There's the group that want a man about their age and that's it. There's a group that, um, might be open to the right older guy, like a sort of late thirties Harrison Ford type, you know, again, not me. Um, and then there's the women that want older men. So I don't waste time on girls who, I'm never going to convince, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, and the thing I was, I was having this conversation with someone the other day where, um, you know, we think about, well, first of all, everyone thinks there are seven, right? I thought about writing an article about that when we're clearly not, I think for women, there are ones, fives and nines, right? So everyone's a default five, the guys they like are nines. And then the guys who are like, you know, homeless Gandalf guy, uh, those are the ones, right? Th- so this, that matches that's up. it. And that matches up to like women ignore sevens and below, right? Yeah, yeah it's the same thing. Or was it uh, Dataclism did a thing where 80% of men are below average, if you believe OKCupid or whatever it is? Right. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's how they kind of look at us, right? So they're one, fives, and nines. So the fives and the nines, the fives and the ones are in the discard pile. And if they like, well, that's what it is. So, you, you know, if you, if you find an angle, like I know that women who are submissive and who are tall and are introverted tend to like me because over time I've learned that. And, you know, I think it is written, put this to the test once. He told me, he's like, yeah, so one weekend, whatever dating apps he was on, I think he's partial to Hinge. Mm-hmm. He uh, only gamed girls or, or messaged girls who are 5'10 and up and his, like, his kill rate went way up. Yeah. I mean, he's also kind of a Chad, so I'm sure he has a pretty good response I mean, rate anyway. But the, but yeah, he's guy. like, yeah, it was, a, yeah. he's like noticeable difference. Yeah. So, so they're ones, fives, and nine. I think that's the way they look at it. Like some guy messaged me once to try to tell him what he was. And I'm like, dude, like, I'm a guy. I don't know what the fuck you are. Yeah. So, uh, one of my slave girls was over and I, you know, I showed her the picture and she's like, yeah, he's a five. He could be a six if he fixed his hair. Mm-hmm. Because that was, you know, to her. She wasn't interested in him, so he's a five. And he's not like he, you know, is not obviously deformed, so he's not a one. Yeah, he's not but completely he's invisible. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So ones, fives, and nines. Now you just touched on something right there that we got to go into. That we just can't, you just can't drop that and not talk about it. Slave girl. Okay. Yep. That's a big topic right there. I'm sure. That um, is. Yeah. So slave girls. Yeah. So what I learned in life. A slave um, girl outfit or like you know. The little chokers with the collars and the whole nine yards. I call her girls now. Yeah, I call her girls. So the what I learned early on, from even from a very young age, like I had a man's body when I was like 13 or 14. I was basically my adult height. You know, um, certainly by like 15, I was already like 220 because I was lifting for football. I, you know, I had a man's body. Um, to the point where when I was 16, my girlfriend was 20 and she had no idea I was 16. Um, because that could happen in those days. <laughs> like the, our first date, she, this is how long ago it was. There was, she had picked up photos at the photo mat that day, was showing them to me and the film had been in the camera for a while. So she's like, yeah, so that photo was, was when I was 19. And I'm like, I am not mentioning my fucking age. <laughs> so, and, she, and I had a car. So she thought that like, uh, she was the friend of a friend of mine and he you know, he needed a ride because he'd been, you know, his dad took his car away for whatever. So we went down. And so his, she was a friend of his girlfriend. And so she knew I had a license and she was from New York where you have to be 18 at that time. So she assumed I was like at least 18 and I looked like a, a dude. So, so yeah, but anyway, what girls would tell me early on very shyly when we were teenagers would be, I like that. I feel like I can't get away from you. Mm. Or one said, yeah, you know, I always feel like I, I could defend myself if I was out on a date with a guy, but there's, there's you, there's no way, right? 
And I wasn't sure exactly what that meant. Was that mean I'm supposed to hold you down? <laughs> you know, just on the off chance that you're into that. Yeah. Um, and then as you get older, um, it becomes more clear. One thing I do with girls is, and this is a mistake that guys make, it's lack of communication. Like, oh, it's beta to talk about. No, no, it's not. I will ask a girl what her fantasy is. And there's like stupid shit. Like I want to like make love on the beach at sunset, which nobody does. Um, sand and crevices. Yeah, don't sand, do it. Sand is awful. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and when I, when I need to, you know, clear my head and be alone and do my serious thinking, I go back down the beach at sunset because there's nobody fucking there. Um, but that's just imagery, right? That's creating a narrative. But the two things that pop up are, I want to do another check and time you up. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point now where if, cause my radar is pretty finely tuned. So if I, if a girl's showing like a lot of the signs, I will say, I will just let casually drop, by the way, I know your secret. Mm. And I just leave that out there for a little bit. And they're like, oh my God, what do you know? And then they have to think what, what I know, like of all their secrets. And I'm like, you know, your secret. And I'll just like, I'll, I, 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 you know, it's like catnip. You give them a little bit of time and you make them kind of force you to tell them over time. And I've actually seen the flips, the, the switch flip, where this one girl who was like strongly denied, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I know it's the truth. She was five foot 11 and very feminine and whatever. And about, about halfway through the conversation, she's like, you know, I would love that. Like, why am I fighting this? I'm like, I don't know. You know, fear maybe couldn't tell you. Yeah. Who knows? So, you know, you find out, well, it's going to be terrifying, right? So, um, it's going to be terrifying to be a submissive girl and give power over yourself to someone else. Right. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it. Well, totally. I mean, so, case, but yeah. I think you, you hit on something right. interesting is these things follow a pattern. They, the, these go, these realizations go through stages. Yeah. hundred percent. Can you talk about that a little bit and what you've noticed in terms of that pattern? Well, yeah, it's, it's a question of, you know, the, the real question is, can I, as a human being learn, right? Can I recognize patterns? Like I said before, you go back, you go over the game film, you figure out what went right or wrong. You don't obsess over it, but you learn. And over time, I realized, I'm like, hey, hmm, the tall girls always seem to be into this. Or which started out with tall girls seem to be more into me. And I, I, I'm barely tall. Like I'm six one and change. So I'm maybe top hey, seven tall or something. Yeah. So um, yeah, it used to be slightly taller, but yeah, age fixes that for you. Um, but in any case, yeah. So I, you know, at some point I realized I have a, you know, a much better shot with girls who are 5'10 and up because women select for height without mercy. So I noticed that pattern. And then I think I was probably 21 or 22 where a buddy of mine had hooked up with some girl he knew he was never going to see again. And he basically said, yeah, I was like, look, I'm never going to see you again because I'm flying, you know, across the country tomorrow. What's your fantasy? And if we can do it, like, let's do it. Right. And I thought that is genius. So I would do that with girls without, you know, that I met from there on out. Like once it became clear, we were going to bone. And because sometimes you go over the, what you, what you like, what you don't like, anything off limits kind of shit. Um, and as a result, uh, that's when I started to, you know, you start getting more information. Like if you get girls talking, they will tell you all kinds of shit. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's when I learned about, okay, they like to be tied up and the, the, the other chick thing and, uh, so on and so forth. So, and you know, that's how that's led to a lot of great red pill content, like, you know, 
the older men, younger women series, the submissive girls, slave girl series, the um, whatever the oh the 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 guide to threesomes, which I think there's only one of, but yeah. So yeah, no, it, it makes your life a lot better and more enriched. So yeah, although it's, the problem with threesomes is that. That's kind of like every guy's dream, but then when it's over, you have two girls in the room going, so <laughs> what are you thinking about? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. So that's the yeah. downside, you know? Yeah, ultimately, there's a, there's a logistical problem, problem there. It is, I'm but sorry? It's, it's one of those, uh, it's like first world problems, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm obviously kind of being a dick about it. but Yeah, like a lot of guys um, would welcome that problem, but... Um, oh, but 100%. I, Going back to your point about like this, this has inspired a lot of a lot of this content that you posted. Is this stuff supposed to be taken as a practical field guide, or is this supposed to be more field report of like this is one guy's journey, what he noticed? Like your mileage may vary. Take from it what you will. Well, it's supposed to be both, right? I mean, for for some guys, it's like, hey, you may not be capable of doing this yet, but this is what's out there. This is what you can do to you know leave a fully red pilled life right? A fulfilled life. So for the, you know, for the guys in the shallow end of the pool, it gives them a goal. And for guys who are in the deeper end of the pool, um, you know, like what my sort of host gift for written was I got him a collar for his girlfriend because she he has lately realized that she's into that. It'll, I mean, it'll do wonders for their relationship in the sense that she won't try to fight him as much, I think. Because she's got, you know, she has her own set of issues that she came by, honestly. And it'll just be better. Um, cause slave girls will test you to see if you're worthy. Right. And well, every, every one of them will. Right. Oh yeah. But it's slave girls particularly, kind of cause they're giving up a lot of control. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. No, it's just, it's a different kind of test. Yep. You're going to get uh, a lot more comfort tests after the fact as well. Yeah. I mean, they'll, it's a whole yeah. It's, it's one of the things I said is like, they can't, if you tie them up and they were able to get out of it, that's like a two point S and hit. They hate that. They want you to be better and stronger than they are. Yeah. But collars, collars are important because it's a tangible symbol to the girl, right? One, that she's an owned girl. And two, it's an expression of desire, right? So, yeah. oh, see that feminist fatty over there not wearing a collar because no man could possibly want her. You know, men want me, which is why I have a collar on, right? Which is why some men claim to me. It's so, it's just as so powerful like, of imagery as a as a wedding band is. Yeah, very true. And in some, um, more so. The yeah, it depends too. Because no. like in amongst among some BDSM groups, and I don't go to Munches. I'm I'm much more of a Sigma. I don't you know I kind of do my own thing. So, but I don't go to Munches. But among some groups, like there's a buddy of mine who has a girlfriend who is not yet collared, although they do BDSM stuff. Because in their particular area, that represents a monogamous commitment. Oh. And so I told them, I said, I can, you know, if you like, when you guys come visit, I can insist that she wears a, quote, house collar, unquote. And he's like, well, that might work. You know, so because that's what I do. I mean, I tell them, you're, you're going to wear a collar in my house. And they also don't wear, like, pants. Sometimes I'll permit leggings if they're, that shows up her figure. But it's like, yeah, my girls wear skirts and dresses when we go out. Yeah. Pants are for men. Trousers for the British guys. Trousers are for men. And that's just another thing. They, and, and again, that they like that because slave girls like structure. Yeah. In male hierarchies, there's room for everyone top to bottom. And, the, you know, they know where they are and they know they're protected by strong men. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're you are eliminating reflects decisions. Off on them. Right. Yeah. yeah. And a lot make. of times, too, 
Yeah, a lot of times people with responsible jobs, especially girls with responsible jobs, that they're under a lot of pressure and they, you know, they come home, they don't want to make any decisions, uh, right? And if you- That's the counterintuitive part too, this it's freedom. You won't realize that you're giving up totally, responsibility. Yeah. So it's freeing. Yeah, you give, sense. exactly. It's a load off. Exactly, you give, yeah. You don't have any responsibility for anything, right? If you don't make decisions, you have no responsibility. You can, you know, relax and in, in, in a paradoxical, seemingly paradoxical way, be free. So true. And another, another thing about subgirls, particularly girls who are into BDSM, this isn't always the case, but very often there is some person in their life when they were younger, whether it's a parent, whether it's an older sibling, whether it's a bully at school, who tormented them. Mm. And the, you know, the submission or their submission is like, it's almost like a pantomime where they're pleasing the tormentor in whose stead the dom takes or stands. So with one girl, yeah, no, very true. With one girl, I, you know, who I've known long, long, long time. And um, yeah, it was really funny. I, I looked at her, like we reconnected on Facebook. Like I'm the last generation of people who you lose people. Like you move away from wherever and you have your life and you, there are people you don't know what happens to, but now you do because there's Facebook. And at that time, this is 10 years ago. Um, or 12 years ago, I reconnected with her and I was like, kind of cocked my head to the side. I was like, huh, I never wanted to fuck a 44 year old woman before. <laughs> so, but, but I didn't think of anything of it because she was married. I was like, oh, that's nice, blah, blah, blah. And so later, a couple of years later, she, you know, wasn't married anymore and, you know, basically texted me or, or messaged me and said, hey, let's get together for a nice, relaxing weekend. I'm like, oh, I know what that means. Um, yeah. Uh, introvert, feminine, tall, 5'10". So I did the math on that and guessed right. And so I was, I was going over the theory, the tormentor theory, and she's like, huh, I wonder who that is for me. And I, I told her who the person was. And she's like, oh, my God, you're right. I'm like, I've known you basically my whole life. I can tell you who it is, it's yeah. this person. And she's like, and she came to a you know, very abrupt realization. So, yeah, so, and sometimes things manifest in different ways. Like, um, you know, growing up, my dad had a bunch of stupid rules that I thought were dumb that were designed just to fuck with me, right? I would like to think to see if I would rebel against them, but I'm not sure that was the case. So that just turned, that turned me into a sigma. I'm like, fuck your hierarchies. I'm going to go do what I want. Well, children so I'd be like, thrive, okay, see you later. Children thrive in structure. That's probably half of it, right? Well, it'd be random shit. Like, yeah. you know, I would be leaving to go play basketball and he would ask me to do some chore that would take an hour. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was here all day. You yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's being a dick. So, yeah, so he would do shit like that. And, you know, after a while, I'm like, yeah, this is how it is. <laughs> At least I get older. Yeah. Well, he could be a little erratic. And, you know, there are a lot, I don't want to run him down. I mean, he, there were a lot of admirable things about him. He was sure. a combat veteran. He flew 50 plus combat missions in the Pacific in World War II. Um, there's a lot of admirable stuff about them too, but I was like, you know, dude, come on, this is purely optional. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> so, so yeah. Well, let so me, this let what me it touch is, on you know, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. No, let me let me touch on something that you hit on for a second, which is the catharsis piece, right? Especially when it comes to you know the the slave girls that you described, but for guys especially seeking you know TRP, catharsis I think is a big part of it, where they're they're missing a piece, right? They haven't gotten what they needed out of their lives and they want resolution to that in a big way and i think it goes both ways for for men and women as you've described but it's in different yeah ways. so so for guys 
guys who show up because, you know, and most guys show up at TRB because they've had a relationship that's ended badly. So what's going on for them is they thought they were playing tennis, but as it turns out, they were playing tackle football and they get absolutely brutalized and, you know, they can't figure out what went wrong. Right. So, you know, that's how, that's how we run into dudes is they, they, they just didn't understand the rules of the game. And, you know, they come to TRP and there are strategies for making things work. And you're like, Oh, that really means this, you know, don't pay attention to what they say, watch what they do. Now, fortunately, somebody told me that at an early age. Um, So, yeah, so a lot of guys show up. um, Yeah. And the other thing about having sisters is I actually, I learned subtext as the second language. Um, in fact, it's funny, the, the middle one got mad at me once because we were having dinner and I thought, you know, there was one roll left and I wanted it and, but I, she hadn't taken one. So I said, Hey, do you want that last roll? And she twisted that up into me. Like there being some subtext, like, do you want that? You're kind of gaining a little weight, which, you know, <laughs> doesn't make any fucking difference to me. And, you know, that I, I just wanted the roll. So, yeah. and my youngest sister went, Oh no, 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 no. He's like dad. There's no hidden meaning. He just is offering you the thing because you haven't had one and he's going to eat it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a little light bulb goes off middle sister's head and they're like, Oh, I got it. Now. So I had to kind of learn that going along. And it's kind of neat because it, it turned, I, I'm really good at breaking things down in real time now. So the, um, as, you know, as I sometimes say, everyone else who has clarity, like on acid, that's me all the time. Um, so with Tiger Woods, when he had his little being chased by his hot wife golf club incident. I can tell you start to finish what went wrong with Tiger Woods. First off, he's probably socially fairly stunted because he was, you know, he was playing golf all the time and always had handlers. Um, he marries a dime piece and that, that woman was fucking smoking when she, when they got married. Um, they had a couple kids and he was living the dream for a while and they had a couple kids and he went from being number one in her life to being number three, right. Or fourth out of three. And so he's like, you know, I need some attention because guy has a high drive, evidently, based on, you know, the folks who have a high number of mistresses. Um, or maybe that's all guys. And he just has the, the ability to, to go actualize that because he's a centimillionaire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when she found his phone, I, I was actually at work. We're, at the, we're in the bullpen and I was actually working, this, you know, it's being live, covered live. And. So as this is coming out, I was breaking it down going, oh, yeah, that guy totally fucked up. Like, he should have a bat phone, which is in the Northeast what we call the second phone for your private business that you keep away from your SO. Uh, he, the guy needs, like, a bat phone. He needs to have a password on it and disable banner ads. Um, or ban, not banner ads, but banner notifications. notifications. And, yeah, whatever it is. I'm, I operate at the boomer dad level yeah, of technology, good, whatever it good. is. Um, so anyway, um, so he needs to disable that shit. And then, you know it's got to be the same make and model as whatever his little, you know, gopher guy is or his, his caddy. Uh, caddy. Yeah. yeah. And just say, Oh, that's fluff phone here. I'll take it and give it to him. Yeah. And she would have been none the wiser, but instead dumbass left his phone laying around and you know, that's his fault. He deserves it. He got caught. There was a buddy of mine who had a girlfriend in a whole nother hemisphere, right? He had to go to South America on business a lot, had a girlfriend. It was married and had a girlfriend. And, you know, if you, that's not up to me to tell him to cheat or to not cheat. In general, I think if you say that you're not going to, you should probably not. But, you know, it's not my life. Mm-hmm. So 
he, you know, it, you know, there's no way they were ever going to meet. Well, one day, dumbass left his email open on the computer, and the wife read it. And he called me up, and he's kind of bitching about it. I'm like, dude, this is all your fault. <laughs> you know? All you had to do was sign out of your fucking email account, dumbbell. And you know, first off, don't cheat on your wife. And second, you know, don't do dumb shit. So, so it was perfect in the sense that, like, you know, she wasn't gonna, they weren't gonna run into each other down at like, you know, Sephora or whatever. Yeah. But man, she she didn't divorce him, but she fucking put him through hell. The worst thing she did was tell his mom, and his mom was giving him all the shit too, so he never had a fucking moment's rest. That's, I didn't raise you that way. That's that's one oh one level kind of you know, just go in with that all your assets that you've got, right? Maintain opsec. Yeah. This also touches a little bit on the pitfalls of when you have success. Uh, what were some mm. things that you want to talk about that to extend the pitfalls to watch out for? And how I'm going to add one thing. I'm going to add one thing before we leave this topic to breaking things down in real time, because I recommend this book for guys who are into BDSM. There was a, a book that came out in the early nineties. I want to say it's the John Q letters might be the Q letters, but I think it's the John Q letters. Mm-hmm. And I picked this up and I started reading through it. And it's great because you're in the mind of a guy who's been doing this the whole time. It's like, you know, when somebody reads my posts or written posts or people's posts who are experienced and know what the fuck they're doing, you know, you get to spend time in our minds and see how we operate. Yeah. So even, but even by that time I was breaking down, there's a couple of places where he went wrong and like there was one where um, he had this girl and he was more of a pain guy, like a more of a control guy. Um, but in any case, he, you know, at the end of the session, this one girl he would see a lot would cry out this other guy's name. And she would have these torrents of, it was not, not for the reason you think, but just torrential tears. And, and, and the story, I'm not going to repeat, I'm not going to repeat the cause because it's awful. But I'm sitting there thinking, dude, whatever you do, do not ask who Tommy is or whatever the fuck the guy's name was. And of course he does. And of course she flips out. She never, he never sees her again. I'm like, no, some questions are meant not to be asked. Mm-hmm. And there was another one where this girl would come down from Canada to visit him. And he would, she, the way they played their game was she would write out like 20 physical tortures, like torture tortures mm-hmm. that she wanted done. And he would, like, she would say, can I, he denied her all control, which was great. Like, she would say, can I choose, like, it would be 20 and they would pick, randomly choose five out of a hat or something. Gotcha. And she would say, can I pick one? And he's like, no, you can ask for a sixth one, or, you know, ask for whatever you want as a sixth one and I'll make the decision. So totally, totally the right move. Kept control away from her. Yep. And then at one session, there was something that was pretty uh, strong and he's like, yeah, I, you know, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to go through with that. Boom. Never saw her again. And he's like, wow. yeah, I assume some other Dom, some other Dom killed her. And I'm like, no dude, you showed weakness and she could not unsee it. He, didn't, he she was looking for that guy for without remorse. Yeah. He didn't have the stomach. For no, it. he, he, he did it. No, he did it. But he then said, yeah, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to go through with it. And for that her. was enough weakness for her that gone. And I'm like, she, man, maybe she did get killed, but wow. Well, my interpretation is that it's that. Like, I don't, you know, his, I'm like, I'm not sure you're viewing this correctly. And this is a guy who, like, does a lot of shit right in his life. So you, you know, you get to be good at breaking down the game film, and you're like, no, you did this. You zig when you should have act. Like, my friends call me and ask me about shit. I'm like, I don't know. Here's what, here's what she was thinking, and here's what you did, and that's why you're sleeping on the couch. Mm -hmm. So, so there's that. 
But yeah, no, so anyway, pitfalls, we were going to talk about pitfalls. Yeah. Uh, what are some that um, you, uh, you had, uh, had in mind? Yeah, so backsliding, like you, well, the number one problem, guys, who are get whacked with the never saw it coming divorce are guys who, you know, get married and then they think they've won and they think it's over. It is not over. Hard mode is just beginning. There's a reason we call marriage red pill on hard mode. So what happens with these dudes is they think they've won. They, you know, they lay up, they put on 30 pounds, they anesthetize themselves with sports ball and beer mm -hmm. and they turn into yes, honey, you know, I'll do that right away instead of continuing to game their wives. And that's how they get whacked with a, you know, oh, I never saw it coming. Like she's fucking this other guy. I never saw it coming. So there's that. Um, Another one is uh, do not listen to the cathedral, right? So that's a Hartesian term for the blue pill people as a whole because they're going to try to keep you down. That's why we're on quarantine and other subs that shall remain nameless or not because what we do is perceived by the cultural Marxist as being against the interests of the pro-vagina people and their world order. Um, so don't get caught listening to them when you see everything else in the culture, right? What's every sitcom about the hot together with it wife, the, you know, wise cracking precocious child and yeah. the father who is a weak minded tavern oaf, yeah. like everyone's about how dumb the guy is. Right. So, you know, you, you see that all the time. Um, you it's know, it's now the, the past, what, 40 years, it's everyone loves Raymond. It's some version of everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, or the King of Queens, right? The Simpsons, but yeah, that's yeah. the same idea. Yeah, that too. Now, I, yeah, I don't King really Queens, watch much television, but it's like, I mean, can, okay, everybody name a dad on TV who isn't a fucking stupid loser. But it was Archie Bunker. I mean, 50, 60 years ago, right? Yeah, but that was different. And he was, but that was a different time. It was that's my point. Try getting, that, try, getting that, try getting that show made today. That's my point. Oh, hell no. That is exactly or my point. Or my, my, fa my favorite is my favorite is try getting Hogan's Heroes made today. Yeah. Yes, it's filmed in a German POW camp. Today is if they gender flipped it. Yep. And even then, yeah. it wouldn't work. Yep. Well, that was mod, right? But think about Hogan's Heroes, right? Yes, it's set in a German POW camp. Yes, there will be you know, not, you know, Nazi memorabilia and swastikas on the uniforms. Yes, it's a comedy. Hey, hey, wait, why are you calling security? You know, you couldn't do yeah. it now. Right. You know, and it was a great show. It was really actually, yeah, you couldn't do that. Yeah, you couldn't even get so we, the great escape made today. So we still, we still, we still don't have a, what's the, who's the dad on TV who's yeah. got his shit together? Tywin Lannister, who lives in a time and a place that doesn't exist. <laughs> who who got else? Hit, hit with a crossbow, right? Yeah. Yeah, he died, died, you know, taking a shit. So, you know, you've na we've named some, some dads and none of them, you know, I think you would have to go to the eighties and Bill Cosby on the Cosby show. Now he had another set of problems, yeah. but in terms of being a dad, who wasn't a total loser. Yeah. Another set of problems. The, sure. the dad from uh, fresh Prince. I think uncle Phil, uncle Phil. I think uncle Phil's a great example. I, yeah. I but he, but he's not, he's not the dad. He's not the dad. That's a great point. He's but, the plot. He's, he's the plot device. Well, no, but actually, so he's the dad of the kids that are functioning less well, right? Is your point. That's a good point, too. So he is a dad, but he's not the dad mm -hmm. of the main character. Yeah. But, I mean, it used to be guys on sitcoms were smart, you know, like, 
whoever it was in Father's know, Father Knows Best. I mean, you couldn't propose that show. You'd have, oh, no, no, it's going to be Mother Knows Best. Yeah. Even as know, or the Andy the, Griffith show? Yeah, oh. the recently is the 90s. Of, uh, not, not Family Matters, but uh, what was it Seventh Heaven? I mean, the dad had it together on that show, but that was like a... Yeah, that maybe. Was I, I, but that was seen again, as Christian propaganda. Either, yeah. But yeah. anyway, it's oh, regardless. Totally. Yeah. yeah. We, we saw that show. But anyway, somewhere, they're very... Somewhere in the 90s is when the whole thing started flipping. Totally. Uh, oh, Soto yeah. I felt that in the 90s. In the I love the 80s. Love the, yeah. the 80s. Yeah, no, the 90s shit started going bad. Like the cultural Marxists started taking over. Yeah. But yeah. And, you, and, and my, larger, my larger point here is uh, Solzhenitsyn once famously wrote, um, if you want to weaken the peasants, take away their land. And what's going on with men now is if you want to weaken men, take away their masculinity. So now we got Harry Styles wearing a dress. Everything, you know, on the cover of Vogue. You, you can't say things out loud that were perfectly normal 10 years ago. Like a tranny is a dude wearing a dress. Because that's what he is. Now, I, you know, there's probably some percentage of dudes who are really like that. And then there's probably another 70% of the group that's doing it for attention. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, if somebody feels they need to live their life that way, great. But I'm not going to participate in their mental illness, right? So we were talking about the pitfalls. I'll go ahead and... Uh... Yeah, so backsliding, don't listen to the cathedral. Uh, don't be a TRP Oreo, because how often do we see that? That got exposed now, now what does when that I wrote... Mean? Please, the TRP Oreo. Red on the outside, blue on the... Red on the outside, blue on the inside. Okay. So if, if I wrote a... just I did a quick series, like about the baby trap and about the archaeologist, you know, women make great archaeologists because they're always digging up the past. Um, and then the last thing I did was never put kids first and people freaked oh, yeah. out. But that's how we wound up with a generation of everyone gets a trophy of neurotic little entitled pussy kids. So you don't do that. Your role as a dad is to stretch boundaries you know, to let the kids test things out, to let them fail and then learn from the failure, right? right. You know, it's like, well, there are no winners and losers. Well, how are you going to learn to cope at life? Because in life, there are winners and losers. Kids in China and India, like, they don't get participation trophies. Yeah, so you need to figure it out. in a bad way here pretty soon. Not to get political, but there's, there's some serious ramifications brewing if we don't start oh, big time. dealing with this, you know? Yeah, we've uh, evidently voted thing. ourselves out of existence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just as an example, our military is having a hard time fielding new recruits because these kids are so fat and lazy from playing video games. Yeah, you can't you can't pass the yeah can't pass the PT. So that that's just one facet of that, which is a whole other issue. But I wanted to back the train up the tracks just a little bit. You talked a minute ago about mm-hmm. backsliding in relationships, and one of the things I see a lot of guys doing when they get into you know they get a girlfriend. Six months later, they're back at square one. The girls dump them because they put on this stuff as if it's a, some sort of magic bullet that's going to fix all their problems when really they got to get their head straight and go through this self-improvement process. It's, a, it's this whole thing. You've got to come full circle. And if you try and just kind of jump steps or just cut across the middle, it doesn't work. And, I mean, we've talked about this before. So uh, how, do you, how would you recommend guys fix that, not – trying to take shortcuts. Yeah, well, you can't take shortcuts. I mean, there's no, there's no shortcut to that advice. You just can't, you can't cut corners. And, and the problem that people have in relationships is guys go all in on women way too soon. 
because for the first three months, and this, this doesn't matter whether you, you, this applies equally to men and women. Um, for the first three months, you're not getting the authentic person. You're getting the ambassador of them, right? You're getting them on best behavior. So that's why, like, if a chick is really, you know, that displays some red flags early on, those are never going to get better, right? If you see her mistreat other people, like, those, that's never going to improve. In fact, it's going to get worse, and it's going to be you. So you need to take that into account. Um, and also, in terms of – You're saying three months? In my experience, I would say it's probably closer to six months. It's that honeymoon phase. It can be six months. Yeah, I mean, the it doesn't, you know. I, yeah, it doesn't even begin until you're past all that stuff. Well, yeah, but you're probably picking up on the flags if they're red flags more, oh, you know, yeah. sooner than this. Yeah, so, I mean, we can argue about whether it's three or six or two or one or 12, whatever it is. But, it's somewhere yeah, no, no. Range. So, you're, yeah. yeah, you're getting the ambassador of them. You're getting the, the best behavior. The thing that you also have to be careful of, again, applies equally to men and women, is projecting what you, you know, projecting your desires onto the other person, hmm. right? So your concept of what romantic love will be, which is really for teenagers, right? Because that was brought up, you know, that was coming up like back when, you know, people lived to be 30 and were getting married at 12 or 13 or some god-awful young age. You're talking about so, co-idealization? Is that what you're talking about? That's an SAT word. What do you mean? What I mean is just uh, the the whole idea of the concept of someone is is much more attractive than the oh, actual. Oh, sure. Yeah, perfect. Practical yeah. version. I, I just said yeah. like the thing you project, like the you are projecting what you want in a partner on the other person, and if they don't live up to it, yeah. right? Or if they don't, you know, they're just, you know, maybe you know you might get lucky and some of the ninety eight percent of what you want. But, you know, it could, on the other hand, be that they're not and then things aren't going to work out because they don't behave as they're expected to do. Right. And everyone's going to keep their expectations under control. There was a guy on STRP today who he had a, what he described as a friends with benefits. And, just, and he subsequently referred to it as a plate, which to me are kind of the same thing, except you might, you know, enjoy doing shit with the SWB. Um, but in any case, he was talking about, oh, well, she disrespected me. That's another thing. Young guys get caught up in disrespect a lot. Um, and I was like, no, she didn't. She acted like a plate because that's what she is. And what you really want is an open long-term relationship, which I have from time to time. So, you know, you want it closed on her end and open on yours. And you didn't do that from the beginning, which is tough. Um, because I was, you know, if if a girl asked me if I'm single, I'd say I keep a rota, I say I keep a roster, or I keep a rotation. I'm just out front with it, and you know, then she knows what she's getting into, and she wants to keep, you know, getting into it. Fine, and if she doesn't, fine. So, because a lot of guys are like, oh no, I have to do everything I can to, you know, get with this check, and like, no, you don't. Like, if it's not, if you're not compatible, don't do it. It's not going to work. You're just going to wind up, you know despite what the romantic comedies tell you, you were going to wind up being the mayor of her friend zone. You're not going to like apply enough pressure to her and she's going to cave in and realize that you're the man for her, um, that you're her one special guy. Right. So this it's kind of touches like a, back they, on. They, they lied about the, uh, how can I put this? They lie to themselves and they try to placate her by living up to some sort of expectation that the women don't even have. They play it being yeah. Mr. Nice Guy or whatever. It's like, just don't do that. Just be honest and upfront about your intentions. Yeah, that's the, you know, being a nice guy is, 
you know, it's dishonest, right? It's a, uh, it's a covert contract. And really it's the boyfriend audition. Like, look how great it can be if, you know, and, and that guy, but that guy never risks rejection. It's good marketing. Like he doesn't go, yeah, he doesn't go out. She's supposed to realize, right? There's a, there's a joke about how many nice guys does it take to screw in a light bulb? And it's two, but they don't actually screw the bulb in. They just compliment the bulb and yell at it because it won't screw. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause they're like, the girl is somehow supposed to realize this and make the first move or some other shit, which isn't going to happen. Yeah. They just become you full know, of resentment pretty... and somehow the lights never come on. Yeah. And they get to be the emotional tampon who listens to like, you know, the, all the, the rough time that the guy she actually is fucking is giving her yeah. and you know, blah, blah, blah. So, but Tammy Joe, it would be so different if it was me. I mean it, that, you know, being a nice guy is an alternative pussy getting strategy that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I sometimes say, Oh, this is a great technique. If you're young and you're out of the bar, this doesn't really happen to me anymore. Um, Cause I hunt in different lands, but the, this is something I would do because when I was young and unkind where you would have the simp guardian come over because that was his woman I was talking to. Like he put in all this work to convince her. Yeah. And I would go, Oh, Hey, is he your boyfriend? No. And she'd go, no, go, no, you know, know, giggle. And (laughs) I would just watch, I would just watch the look on his face and I would watch his like, so dejected like shrink up into tiny little hamster balls and then disappear into a puff of dust absolutely destroyed there's another version of that too you can do it's where you ask him well how long have you guys been married oh we're not married it's the same reaction and that guy is just going to shrink and usually slink away yeah it's can you hear me better yep is the audio better now okay yes it's it's much better yeah having the mic on actually helps it does. Yeah. <laughs> the input, I should say. Christ. It's nothing, nothing uh, but Boomer Central on this call today. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Lessons man. learned. All right. Um, yeah. So we talked a little bit about your pitfalls. Uh, we've gone on about almost an hour now. What are uh, two or three things that you think guys need to do to really become good with women? Okay. So first – Go through whatever journey of self-improvement that you were going to go to. Sidebar, lift. Do that, right? So that is putting you on your pathway to becoming the best version of you that you can be to becoming the prize, right? Because, look, same guy, if he's fat or if he's thin, but otherwise same guy or fat or has a, you know, something of a gym body, mm-hmm. he's going to get more girls if he's in shape because that's the way the world works, right? You might get lucky and find a chubby chaser or whatever, but – the more in shape you are, the better off you're going to be, the healthier you're going to be. So do that. Um, assuming you're doing that or coterminous with doing that, you need to learn game, right? You need to learn the rules of the game because you think, as I said before, you're playing tennis and you're really playing tackle football. So you need to know what's really going on out there. Um, so learn amused mastery because that's like catnip for girls. Um, the old James Bond film, I admit they're kind of campy, but they're, they're a masterclass in amused mastery. Um, so there's that, there's two, um, I would say just really a couple more, which are overcome your approach anxiety, right? Faint heart, never fuck fair lady. Um, if you wait for her to realize that you were meant to be together, like that's not going to happen. Um, develop some outcome independence, 
right? So, mm. and this goes hand in hand with approach anxiety. If you, um, you know, guys are terrified of being rejected and you got to burn that out. And there's only one way to do it, which is to go approach women. And, you know, after 25, you're not going to be scared anymore. After 50, it's not going to matter how hot she is. Mm. After a hundred, you're like, what's the most fucked up thing I can say to this girl and still pull. So you have to go do it. It's a skills-based activity. Um, At some point, your mindset will shift, and it's going to go from being, uh, you know, will she like me to do I even like this girl? Yeah, 100%. It's a really powerful change in the mentality. I don't think a lot of guys understand that. Yeah. Level 99, don't give a fuck, right? Once you're operating on that. There's no one special girl. If a girl isn't into you, there'll be another one along 10 minutes who is. And don't worry about it. Like, don't, you know, don't invest in a girl until she starts giving you buy signals, right? Until she's interested in you. Like, because you know, otherwise, you know, the guys who double down and double down, um, this is, again, the nice guy approach. They wind up becoming the mayor of her friend zone, right? They wind up, you know, yep. that's the, that, is the, that is the ceiling for them, and it's not the place that you want to be. You know, there's a, an old, I don't think it's around anymore, but there, there used to be a website called Ladder Theory, and that. women have two, yeah, two ladders. So there's, you, you know, the highest position on the friend ladder is worse than the lowest position on what, what is called the good ladder, like the fuck ladder, like guys who will have sex with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so the, for, the, for the nice guy, the highest position he's ever going to attain, unless she hits the epiphany phase and, you know, she's done mm-hmm. riding a mile of cock and needs a place to land. Um, the highest position he can attain is the top slot on the friend's ladder. Um, other than that, yeah, don't overinvest. Fish with a, like I say, fish with a net. Uh, become good at something. Like you know, yeah, I, I joke that I get up in the morning and I piss out a quarter confidence, and that comes from being good at something. You develop that's how you develop confidence, right? So you know, I do a number of things. I write, record original music, and to the point where I actually had a girl tell me, like I, you know, wouldn't you know? I always have a few songs on my phone, so girls can listen to them and go, oh, I really like that. Um, so I actually had a girl tell me point blank at that point, you know, I was like, Oh yeah. She's like, do you have anything I'm here on my phone? Point blank. After which she goes, I'm going to have to reevaluate how cool I think you are. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, that's really, you know, a very, you know, very straightforward way of putting it, but yes, please do. <laughs> so, yeah. so, and, and whether it's, you know, whether if, you know, find something you like to do anyway, like the guys who try to learn to play guitar to get women don't last past the finger blister stage like where you develop calluses do it because you like it and there are women who will like the fact that you were so good at it or you know whether that's joining the outing club because you like camping and there'll be girls who like camping or you know do something else you know take up jujitsu or something and they're they're interested in the the best rock climber at the rock climbing gym or the best yeah well that's because yeah they they because why because women want winners Mm -hmm. They want to stand at the finish line. This is an old, another Bill Burr joke. They stand at the finish line, and they want the guy who wins, mm-hmm. right? They don't want the they don't want to invest. That's who it was early on, and yeah. This has been racking my brain for like a year now. Who it was that originally said it, and now I remember when he said it, because uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy from Entrepreneur Cars, Rich Cooper. He Richard always Cooper. quotes him, but I could never remember who he was quoting. It's it Bill was Burr. Bill Burr. I wish you'd yeah. asked me because I could have told you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, man. you didn't. He didn't even. Ask, he, uh, he didn't even yeah. ask me, and I told him. Yep. There you go. Boom. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, good, I'm good like that. There was somebody, I don't know if it was Whisper, I may be thinking the wrong guy, but there was another EC who said to me once, was like, after I made the connection between tall women and submission, uh, he's like, you know, now that you've said it out loud, I recognize how true this has been my whole life with, you know, the women I've dated. So, <laughs> so one of the many services I, 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 I supply, like psychic advice. Yeah. When you, when you are able to observe things pop up that are very interesting. Yeah. I've been in the, the field of poppies for a long time. Right. But one of the things Sun Tzu said was if you sit by a river long enough, you'll, see the body of your enemy float by. Mm. So, you know, mm. you, if you're around long enough and you observe long enough, you'll see everything. And I just try to write it down for other guys. Oh, that's so. Very fascinating. So, and with that, uh, how can people find you? Um, you can find me at TRP, right? I get people who mm-hmm. ping me all mm-hmm. the time and like they'll ask for advice or whatever. And I usually say, Hey, look, I will provide advice on a, time available and if I can help basis, right? I mean, I've got other stuff going on with my life, but I'm okay with people pinging me. And usually it's a one-off question. There's, you know, a couple of people have stuck around and I have longer conversations with and all that's great, but you know, I, I, you know, I can't, I have somebody who thinks I don't reply quickly enough and I'm like, look, daddy's got to work too. So, you know, I've got other things going on in my life, but yeah, no, no, but people are welcome to PM me there. Uh, Uncle Vazia at gmail.com as well. Is another way to get hold of me. I rarely. I rarely. We also have the the private community where you are now uh, present. Got a little cat. Yeah. From time to time. Yeah. Yeah. On the Discord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm you know boomer level of tech, so I'm I'm not always I'm on the Discord when somebody tells me I should be on the Discord. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad we had you over there for sure. It's been. uh, Yeah. I like where how this is building. Yeah. So on TRP Red, I have two subreddits, or not subreddits, but I have oh, two subforums, which are yep, corporate, yeah. yeah, tribes, corporate land and Uncle Vazia. So the corporate land is for the corporate land questions, and mm-hmm. the Uncle Vazia section is for stuff that you want to ask Uncle Vaz that does not have to do with your career. Yes. So everything else, like corporate land, the, sounds like a book. Is that is that yours? It should be. A Aaron, book. no, it, it is. I found out about this much later, but there's a Aaron Cleary wrote a book called corporate land mm-hmm. oh, and okay. i looked back to when he wrote it because i was like that son of a bitch <laughs> so but i think i think like my I, these were independent of each other certainly on my side and i assume on his yeah i haven't read it like it could be about a whole different thing um but in any case yeah i think we both came out with that name at the same time so i just put it on reddit and he wrote a book on it but i've done that too where like i um I think I wrote a thing called a post called be her darkest sexual chapter, which is a quote lifted from a Sam Kinison routine. And of course somebody wanted to tattle. I was like, Oh, this is okay. stole everything. No, the, I sometimes use pop culture references. Yeah. Everything in that, everything under that was my original work. It's just like uh, of human bondage is like a Somerset mom novel, but he has fewer fanboys these days. So yeah, somebody freaked out. So, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, he uh, he wrote a book called Corporate Land. I wrote a series on Reddit called Corporate Land. As far as I know, they have nothing to do with each other. Um, and yeah, you guys have never uh, his, sued each uh, other for like, copyright infringement. So we're I, all I've good. never spoken to him. I've, yeah. I've never spoken it's to him. Good. I've never read any of his books. I hear good reviews about Bachelor Pad Economics. It, I think that helps one. a lot of guys. 
I feel like yeah, you guys would get it, along pretty well over, over beers, you know? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So next like up, we to be clear, to, uh, I'm well, we got to talk to uh, Ryan Stone. So I think he actually does talk to uh, Aaron oh, now cool. and then on one of the shows they do. So yeah, maybe one of these days we can link you guys up. Play a little yeah, game to be telephone. clear, I'm not... To be clear, I'm not accusing him of theft of an intellectual property, nor did I thieve it from him. I think we just came up with the same idea about the same time. Yeah, I read you. Yeah, like I think I got it from the – there's a film called Tigerland. And oh, I think great probably, film. Great film. Yeah, I think it, I think it, you know, that that's what I put it together as. But again, it has nothing to do with the film Tigerland. Gotcha. Just, oh, well, that's a – you know, that's kind of a whole environment, like an ecosystem. So, mm-hmm. so that's where it came All from. Right. But yeah. so Cool. Any any closing questions or words of wisdom? That's it. Anything else That's you guys want to ask me? Was awesome. Thank All you right. so much for having us, All right, having people. us uh, yeah. on to chat. Appreciate the, the time. So, it's your show. Thank you for having yeah. me on. And everybody, and everybody stay red. <laughs> stay red, man. That's a great Thanks again. closer. Indeed. Yeah. All right. All right. So with that, I Peace think out. we will uh, wrap this up. We will package this up hopefully in time for tonight's uh, 9 p.m. slot. It's going to be close. We'll see what or, happens. Cool. Or we could do next week. All That'd right. be fine too. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever right. you hey, whenever you guys want. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. All right. Yep. Peace out. Bye. See you. Bye.